So we're on our Save series, and uh, we're in the Save to Demonstrate. And there's no greater demonstration, I want you to hear this, no greater demonstration of people that know God than the book of Acts. And so for the next series, we're going to be uh, next season, all the way th- almost to Christmas, we're going to be in the first six or seven chapters of the book of Acts, and we're just going to be looking at different things. And I want you to watch a video just to get a highlight. We found a video that summarizes 28 chapters of scripture in three minutes. So we're going to watch that video right now. All right, that was three-minute Bible study group. Uh, you don't have to take that course on the book of Acts. Now you'll pass most Bible college courses with all the information you just received. So the book of Acts, uh, we're going we're gonna to focus on the next, uh, in, in the next several weeks, as I said, on the central themes of the book of Acts, and it really talks about like the fellowship of believers, what it means to have true fellowship in the church. We're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, or the empowerment of the church uh, in the book of Acts, and, and the God giving gifts to his people in order to represent him on this earth. We're going to talk about the baptism of repentance, that really God uh, calls, calls people to, to turn from being self-centered to becoming God-centered. We're going to talk about the baptism of fire, which is really talking about a consecrated lifestyle or the transformation that happens as we hang out with God, that literally we're changed. We're going to talk about a spirit-led and empowered witness and service in our communities. And really the whole book of Acts is really about the acts of the Holy Spirit with the church and with people, with individuals, with you and I, acting with the power of the Holy Spirit representing God on this planet. But one of the other themes that we're going to talk about is uh, one of the central themes of the book of Acts is this thing called prayer. As a matter of fact, uh, 14 times in the book of Acts, uh, the, the church enters into corporate prayer, prayer together. And uh, it's, it's such, a, such a theme in the book of Acts, you can't ignore it all throughout it. It's like this in Acts 1.14. This is the first incident of it, but here it is. They all join together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and all of his brothers. Amazing. You say, well, okay. It's a pretty short verse. They all join together constantly in prayer. You know, it shouldn't surprise us that when Jesus, the son of the house, comes onto the scene, he says these words, my house shall be called a house of prayer. And it's really for all nations. And so when Jesus calls it the house of prayer, how many of you know the son of the house also demonstrated what it was to be a person of prayer? You know, it's interesting that when the disciples wanted to be like Jesus, they didn't say, teach us to do miracles, teach us to be compassionate like you, teach us to preach like you, because you can hold a crowd like nobody else, teach us to gain wisdom like you've gained. No, they said, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. Because they knew that everything that Jesus was laying out into this world came through his relationship with his father who could not be seen but was seen in prayer. And that's really what we want to talk about, about what it means today to be joined together constantly in prayer. Well, let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to help us and uh, to see why prayer is such an important, vital thing. And I want to challenge you all today. Prayer is the greatest thing that any single human being can enter into. And prayer is a divine leveler. And what I mean by that is it's not based on 
nationality. It's not based on age. It's not based on seminary or Bible college experience. It's not based on anything like that. It literally comes down right to where you are. And God says, I will meet you if you will call upon my name. Let's find out what it means to live in this activity of corporate prayer today. Father, let your Holy Spirit come. Let us receive from you today your goodness, your grace, your love. Give us wisdom as we open the word of God and compel our hearts into this incredible activity called prayer. Even if we've never done it before, teach us that it's open to all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. So our key verse again is they all join together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary and the mother of Jesus and his brothers. Why did they join in prayer? Here's the first point. It's pretty simple. They knew they needed God. So they joined together constantly in prayer. I mean, think about this, guys. Their whole world has just been turned upside down. I mean, this is probably, you know, you've been riding on this three-year high. You've been walking with the Son of God who's been walking on earth, God in the flesh, and he's become a man and he's living a life empowered by the Holy Spirit and he's demonstrating to you what the kingdom of God is like. Understand, the kingdom of God is open. Life with God, that God wants to work with with mankind in order to bring the goodness of God to this world. This is God's heart. If you ever want to know what God is like, you just look at Jesus. He's the exact representation of God. He is God in the flesh. And so there, it's kind of like a party. You can just imagine. Everywhere Jesus goes, he's stirring it up. He's throwing a party. It's just awesome. People are getting healed. Lepers are being set free and touched. For the first time, this physical contact begins to happen with people with leprosy. They're, they're set free from their disease. All kinds and every myriad of disease is cured. It's incredible power party that's happening as Jesus Christ is on earth. And then he dies. And your whole world is like upside down. You're like, oh my gosh, Jesus is the Messiah. We thought he was the Messiah. We thought he was coming to bring the kingdom of God and to overthrow the kingdoms of this world. What's going to happen now? Three days later, he's resurrected. You're like, whoo, good news. Jesus is back. He's back. Party goes on. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm about to leave. I'm taking off but I'm leaving you here. Remember I told you guys that if a seed remains a single seed, you know, it can only do so much, but if it dies, then it becomes many seeds. And so you are now the seeds of the kingdom of God. So I'm taking off. See you later. Good luck. I'm going to leave you my Holy Spirit and he's awesome. He's going to work together with you and in you and you're going to do great and awesome things like I was doing, even greater things than me. Takes off. What do you do now? What do you do now? You used to walk with God and now God's gone and you're like scratching your head going, what do we do? Well, here's what they did. They joined together. They joined together. I'm gonna break out that thought. They joined together constantly in prayer. What does it mean they joined together first and foremost? Guys, you need to understand this isn't just like uh, saying there's gonna be a prayer meeting on Wednesday and therefore come and join together with us. 
you know, that's good, and that's going to be happening, and prayer is still next Wednesday, and the week after we'll start the course at 6.30 if you want to be part of that. They join together, but what does it mean? They join together in one accord. The word there basically means they're so connected that, you know, the only thing they could really do is to come together, and let me give you an understanding of what that means. They had the commonality of being in the body of Christ, you know, sometimes the wording in the Bible, we don't quite understand it. But when it says that they joined together uh, along with Mary and the women, do you know this is the first time, like, in, in this religion, the Jewish religion now, where women are being recognized? This is a hugely significant moment in Scripture. And so the women and men are joining together to do what? To constantly come together in prayer. And, and they're connected in the body of Christ. Do you know what that means? They have a common father and a common big brother, and his name is Jesus. Because they've become part, they've been invited into the kingdom of God. When they asked Jesus to come into their life, they were saying, God, we want to be connected to you through your son, Jesus. And the moment they received Jesus, the Bible says that means you become born again. It's not talking about going through your mother's womb again. It's talking about being spiritually reborn into the image of God through Jesus Christ. And so they are all connected. I want you to know how connected you are to each one of these people. Listen to what it says in Ephesians 3. Paul is praying and he says, For this reason, seeing the greatness of this plan by which you are built together in Christ. Because you accepted Jesus, you become part of this body, the body of Christ. He says, I bow my knees before the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom every family in heaven and earth is named. That Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name. Wow. You know, we don't know this, but uh, the truth is, is that your spiritual family that you've just entered into, when you ask Jesus to come into your life, the Bible says that he actually adopts you and brings you into the family of God. So actually the family of believers is actually from heaven's perspective more connected than even your earthly families. Why? Because your earthly families may be temporal in the here and now, but your spiritual family is eternal. Now the good news is your earthly family can also become your spiritual family. You know, in my family, that's what happened. You know, uh, my sister-in-law became a Christian. I went to her baptism. I accepted Jesus. I became a Christian. My brother, realizing he had no hope, just became a Christian. He turned and he said, okay, I'll let go of everything I was doing and I'm going to follow God. And then my sister became a Christian and then my other sister became a Christian. And then my parents, they became Christians. They said, you know what? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna do what you guys are doing. We're going to follow God. You know, we kind of had reverse rebellion in our family. The kids were all like, we're going forward with God. Mom and dad are like, okay. We believe and know what you're doing now, so we understand it. You know, that's an amazing thing to think that you are going to be together with all of these people for the rest of your life and the rest of your eternity. You might want to get along with them. You just might want to work on that. So here's this connection that's happening. Not only are they connected in terms of this spiritual family, but they also had the commonality of being in the human race. You know, there's this deep connection between you and I that we need to understand that, uh, you know, in the beginning, God created mankind in his own image. And uh, he created them to have a relationship with, and he created them with incredible purpose. 
But how many of you know a thing called sin where we made our own decisions and turned away from God came in and suddenly the image became marred, uh, the relationship with God was broken and we lived off purpose from what God's intention was, which is to serve mankind and to display his glory and his goodness in this world. And, And you know, so I want you to get something. Every single human being falls into that category. We're, we're really, you know, God, we're created in the image of God, but that image has been marred. It's been scarred. It's broken. It's why we see the things that are happening in this world. Because people who are created in the image of God are so off track and so broken in their lives that they, they, you know, they need to find their way home to God. But part of finding your way home to God is that God is actually remaking you back into his image. How many of you know that when you come to God, there's still all kinds of stuff that needs to clean up in your life? Anybody figured this out besides me? Yeah, you, you've all figured it out. And, and so that's the journey. You're connected with a bunch of people who are together all broken and scarred and wounded. And God says, I'm going to put you all together and I'm going to start to work on you and change you. And by the way, it's going to take you the rest of your life. And you're not going to get there by the end of it. But I still love you. And I still want to use you in spite of the fact that you're not all together yet. And by the way, tonight I'm going to be talking about that at Servant Leaders Night. I'm going to be talking about God, what he wants to do, and he wants to break forth. You know why I played that video that Spencer did? I'm going to tell you a quick story here, really, really important. You know, I, 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 turned, I went to Spencer and I said, Spencer, you know, you have a gift when it comes to doing videos. I want you to put together a media team with Pastor Rick and work on that together. Can you do that? And, and he said, yeah, I'll think about it. The next thing I know, literally, literally, the next thing I know, he comes with this video. I didn't ask him to do that. But it was awesome. And I said, Rick, I said, Spencer, you're hitting it. This is exactly what I want to do. We want to see the body of Christ employed in greater ways with their gifts. And so we're going to be talking about that tonight. We're going to be talking about starting a, a, a brass section in our church. And Dale's going to help lead that under Pastor Rick. Who, who plays a brass instrument here? Yeah, Doug does not play a brass instrument. I mean, it's not the brass knob on your stereo, Doug. <laughs> you understand? And we're going to talk about those things tonight. We're going to talk about you know, building a, a, a prayer and intercession teams tonight. We're going to talk about God releasing the body of Christ into greater service. So if you have never, you're not serving anywhere or you're already serving, you want to come tonight to Servant Leaders Night. I'm going to share more about that. I want you to understand that God has a plan for each one of us. So here's these deeply connected individuals, and they constantly come together. That's all the word says in the Greek. It means to be steadfast, to be strong, to be earnest, to attend studiously, to adhere closely as a server, to wait upon continually. It's exercising this action of intensity with intensity and constancy. So he's talking about this, this necessity of coming together in this constancy, connecting with one another, whom we are connected with through a father and through our commonality of being broken people. How many of you know you need to come together with other broken people to help broken people to be made whole? How many of you know that, that uh, prayer sometimes just isn't about you and your relationship with God? Sometimes prayer is about you and the person next to you's relationship with God, and they need you to come in order to pray with them. You know, often I go to prayer meeting, it's not about me. It's actually about the others that show up. And it's so miraculous to watch people come every week, even to prayer meeting in church. But prayer meeting is just a little more 
intimate, a little more ability to have that one-on-one with people. And it's very powerful, you guys, to watch God work in this sense of the constancy in the point of connection. Now, remember something. They walked with God in the flesh for three years. And now he's gone. So what do they got to do? They got to find a way to connect with him again. They got to connect with what he connected with, which was the empowerment of God and his connection with the Father. That's why they joined together constantly. And what were they doing? They were praying. Praying. I want to read this quote from Andrew Murray. What is prayer? Listen. It is fellowship with the unseen and the most holy one. The powers of the eternal world have been placed at our disposal. It is the very essence of true religion, the channel of all blessing, the secret of power and of life. Not only for ourselves, but for others, for the church and for the world. It is to prayer that God has given the right to take hold of him and his strength. It is on prayer that the promises wait on fulfillment, the kingdom for its coming, the glory of God for its full revelation. Wow. See, remember, guys, Jesus used to say things like this. He used to say, um, the Son of Man can do nothing on his own, but he can only do what he sees the Father doing. When did he see the Father? The only way he saw the Father was in prayer. See, Jesus' life, if you study Jesus' life, here he is, the Son of God in the flesh, but he won't use his God nature. He uses what is the download of the Holy Spirit into his humanity. And he taps into this source of power and presence that is available to every single believer. Jesus' life was a life of prayer. Intensity. Everywhere you look at his life, he would daily pray. He prayed for intimacy. He prayed for revelation. He prayed to resolve conflicts. Before he picked the 12 apostles, he prayed. He did all, everything Jesus did, he did through prayer. It's incredible. Jesus constantly climbed the mountain of prayer because he knew the connection with his father and the power of the kingdom came through a life of prayer. This is what's available to us. This is what's available to you and I. You see, Jesus' life of prayer was the only key they had left. God, you know, he had left them, and, and what do they do? They say, well, we don't know what to do. Let's do what Jesus did. Are you following me? Let's just do what Jesus did. Remember, Jesus every day would go and pray, and every day he would invite us to pray with him. Well, let's do that, because we need to be connected to the same thing that Jesus was connected to. So they joined together constantly in prayer. So the book of Acts celebrates this corporate prayer thought, but it's not the first instance of corporate prayer. The very first instance of people coming together and calling upon the Lord is found in Genesis chapter 4. And I want you to read that because there's some significant truth here. It says, So Seth also had a son, and they named him Enosh. At that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord. Why after Enosh was born did they call on the name of the Lord? So remember Cain and Abel, and uh, God's, uh, you know, Abel is like, you know, living in the favor of God, and Cain's mad, so Cain kills Abel. Remember? And so Adam and Eve have another son, and his name is Seth. 
And so Seth has a son, and his name is Enosh. And uh, Anosh is actually the, how you say it. And uh, so Anosh is born, and suddenly people are crying out to God. Why? Well, Anosh, the key is in his name. His name means weak, sickly, feeble, incurably sick. So a child is born, Enosh, and they look at him, and they're like, and the actual Hebrew word is Anosh. Anosh, he's sick. That's what are saying, sick. He's sick. What do we do? We don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. We've never seen this before. Somebody is sick. What are we going to do? Ah, call upon the name of the Lord. How many of you know, guys, that uh, the disciples were living in a world that was Anosh, that was sick, <laughs> that was broken, that was not working? And so what did they do? They called upon the name of the Lord. It's very important. You know, they began to pray back in Genesis because they needed to tap into a power that was greater than themselves. They couldn't fix Enosh. You know, we're living in that world today too. <laughs> There's stuff going on in our world today, guys, that we can't fix. There was stuff going on in the disciples' world that they said, we got one card to play. And I've said this to the staff. I've said this to you many times. We have one card to play, guys, and that card is Jesus. And we have to connect with him as much as we possibly can, join together constantly. Why do we have prayer meeting every morning in our church? Because we can't do it without God. Why are we starting a Wednesday night prayer meeting? Because we need you to know that you can't do it without God. And so we're providing a place for you to connect and be part of. You say, well, I already go to church and I pray at home. Yeah, but it may not be about you. God may want to use you to help somebody else in this, this beautiful orchestration of coming together and connectedness in prayer that God wants to bathe the church in. And that's really what we need to know, that we need God and it's time for us to join together constantly in prayer. You see, our world, like the world back in Genesis and like the world back in the disciples' day, is brooding. It's a dark and broken place right now. Our world is calling good evil and evil good. Morally, socially, politically. I'm going to tell you something. The answer for Alberta is not that there will be a transition of government in eight months. The answer for Canada is not that there will be a transition of government in 12 months. Though there may be in both of those instances. The answer for Canada, the answer for Alberta, the answer for our problems is prayer. It's to tap into this power source that is available for mankind. And how, how low are we going to have to go? What's going to have to happen for a God to get our attention that we can't do this on our own? For goodness sakes, you can't even go a whole day without having eight hours of sleep. You're pathetically weak. You need God. The Bible says your, your breath is on loan from him. <laughs> You're but a breath. What is man that you were mindful of him? He's the gone. You need God. You need God. It's time for us to know that this world is Enosh. It's hurting. It's broken. It's desperately in need of the presence and the power of God. So it's time for us to join together. Though 
knowing that we're connected in Christ, knowing that we're connected through our brokenness, God is offering to us an ability to connect with him, to join together with him and to join together constantly. Hallelujah. See, I'm going to tell you a secret and I think we figured this out. How many of you know we cannot build this church without God? We can't. How, how, how many know that, <laughs> you know, we can't fix this world without God? How many of you know we can't fix ourselves without God? How many of you know you need God? In every part of the equation, you're not enough. You need God. So that's why on Wednesdays we're going to start teaching on prayer from 6.30 to 7.30. And you're welcome to join us for that. The whole church is open. That's for the discipleship school. But the whole church is invited to that. And then from 7.30 to probably 9, we're going to be praying. Well, that seems like a long time, Pastor Greg. I work all day too. Amen? But I know I need prayer. And so I want, to, I want to be part of that. And I've been reading and I've been studying. The staff will tell you I've been studying on prayer. Just, Lord, what does this mean? How can I teach our people to pray? You say, I don't know how to pray. Good. Come with me. I don't really know how to do it that well either. And we'll learn together. We're going to join together constantly on Wednesdays in prayer. See, more and more, church, we're being squeezed into the truth that we have one card to play. But here's the good news. It's the trump card. Those of you that don't play cards, you're like, what is, is Trump, Donald Trump's a card? Yeah. He is a card. That's a whole other sermon. If you play cards like I do with my Aunt Izzy, the trump card is the most powerful card. And prayer is the top trump card. And when you play it, everything else stops because you just won. That's what God's calling us to. Let's watch this video of a church that uh, was transformed by the power of prayer in one of the worst ghettos in North America, in Brooklyn, New York. This is the Pastor Jim Simbala of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Let's listen. Amen. I'm going to ask the band to come back or whatever portion of the band needs to come back. We're just going to close in prayer. We're going to open up the altar in just a minute for communion. And, uh, you know, communion is just a celebration of our common union with God. That's all it is. It's a celebration of Jesus' death and resurrection. It's a celebration of the fact that the kingdom of heaven has been opened to you and to me. But I want you today to think about, you know, in our world today and maybe in your own life, there are areas where you're anosh. There are areas where you're broken and sick and weak and feeble. You know, there are areas where you're suffering loss. There are areas where there's... That, that this is the human condition, you guys. This is all of us. Every single one of us. And, and the band is starting to play a different song. <laughs> it's all good. Do you, are you following me? Every single one of us has areas of brokenness that we need God in. Amen? And I'm going to tell you something else. You need the body of Christ. You need the people of God joining you. And maybe that's your reason for coming to prayer meeting. 
saying, you know what, I'm broken. I'm hurting. My marriage is falling apart. My life's falling apart. My kids are falling apart. I don't care. Maybe you're saying, I'm, everything's great. I'm doing fantastic. Good. Come and pray for other people to do the same. Amen? That's why we're opening up prayer for you to further degree. I don't need another prayer meeting, but our church does. Amen? You say, well, that's kind of arrogant. Well, you pay me to pray every day. So thank you for that. But you need opportunity to pray as well. And maybe in your care groups, you know what? You may say, well, I'm going to care group. Good. Make sure there's a huge part of that care group that's prayer. Hallelujah. We need you to pray for the building. We need you to pray for our country right now. We need you to pray for schooling and education right now. So many things that need prayer in our nation and the nations of the world. Oh my goodness. Can't even turn on the news anymore without being depressed in eight seconds. God help us. We need you, Lord. We need you, Lord. Part of our repentance, guys, part of communion is really just recognizing where we haven't needed God, where we thought we haven't needed him. But when we take communion, we're saying, God, I, I re- remember now how much I actually need you. That without your death and resurrection, I am broken and lost and hurting. And I reconnect myself to you. I come into common union with you.